0: Hey everybody, this is Jason Campbell, your host for Superhumans at Work, and I want to acknowledge the interesting situation that is happening around the world with COVID-19, the coronavirus, and in fact, we want to keep bringing you some amazing episodes with experts that can really support you, and so content around remote work, finding focus, understanding how to manage stress during changing times, any other topic that you feel would be the most relevant to keep you Being a superhuman at work, even as we have these changing times, will be continued to be brought on this podcast. But I would love to hear from you. What is the kind of content that you would love to hear that will support you the most during these times? And so if you can find me, my name is Jason Mark with a C Campbell. You can find me on Instagram, Jason Mark Campbell, or on LinkedIn, Jason Mark Campbell. If you do send me a request on LinkedIn, make sure to add a note when you connect so you can tell me you got it from this podcast. And let me know Who are the experts you wanna hear from? What are the topics that you'd love for me to cover? And I will make sure to bring new guests and returning guests that can really hone in on the issues that can help you the most as we're all in this together, learning to be our best versions in the time that we get to do some very different work arrangements. Stay strong and enjoy this episode with Megan McNeely, who's gonna talk about finding and honing in your focus. Enjoy. Hi everybody, welcome back to Superhumans at Work. I'm here with the amazing Megan McNeely, and we're going to be talking about some topic that she's written about in her latest book, Reinvent the Wheel: How Top Leaders Leverage Well-being for Success. And matter of fact, Megan's been featured on the Main Mind Valley podcast with Vision just a couple months ago, and it was such a successful episode that we wanted to bring her back and dive into another spoke of her concepts in the book where she really maps out the wheel on how to be successful and really what are everything that you can put together around yourself when it comes to the mind, the spirit, and the body to be a high performer in the workplace. And really what we want to do today is talk about one of those spokes, a new spoke, which is all about honing in your focus. And so Megan is an executive within a top financial institution in America, and she brings a vast amount of wisdom. She's been a top performer her entire life, and she's had ups and downs and challenges, particularly in the health area. But what she's going to share with us today is how she's overcome those challenges and really built that that resilience, build these new ideas and really applied it in her life, which had really not only helped her in her career, but in every area of your life. And we're going to see how you can use the same within the spoke of how to hone in your focus. Megan, thank you so much for being here. And everybody, thanks for tuning in.
1: Hi, Jason.
0: Now, Megan, we've been having a chat even before this call, and we've had so much to talk about. Now, we're talking about honing in your focus, and that means we need to stick on a topic here. But first, let's go back into your kind of journey. Like, how did you get into this place where you're writing this book, you're talking about these 18 spokes? Because you've had an interesting journey, especially when it comes to recovering from these health issues.
1: Yes. So I've always been somebody that strived to be my best. I was a tennis star when I was 10 years old. I went to an Ivy League school. I just was trying to do my very best. I was that type of person who wanted to get an A, whether it meant studying all night, getting up early in the morning, getting to my exam right on time. I've always tried to do my very best. It was no different when I started my career at the financial services company I still work at. This is my 22nd year there. I'm a senior VP. And when you first start somewhere, it's a big ramp up. You got to put in a lot of efforts, a lot of extra hours to make sure that you get over, we call it that hump, from when you started to when you can be considered successful in your field. And during that stress and striving, my health took a turn for the worse. Behind the scenes, I started to break down and just to fast forward. But I was first diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis when I was in my 30s. The second disease, which was also an autoimmune disease where your body attacks itself, really terrifying, is I got chronic kidney disease as well. And so it terrified me because I was, Jason, getting more and more awards, more and more accolades. I was getting increasing titles, and I started speaking all over the United States for my firm as a success speaker. It's called an early success story. But at the same time, behind the scenes, I wasn't taking care of myself. I was doing everything I could because I thought that success comes first and well-being comes later. It wasn't until I was in the hospital recovering from cancer surgery, I had kidney cancer was my last major health wake-up. You can imagine the momentum, the negative momentum of my health issues. They certainly caught my attention, and I began a hero's quest to turn around my well-being. But at the time, you know, I was a single mom, and I have a daughter who has special needs, and my other daughter needs my care and love and attention. And I thought, I've got to heal myself. I can't just quit work and go do a yoga retreat. I can't just stop and get in bed. I need to continue my career but figure out how to regain my well-being behind the scenes. So that's how this book started, is I had started my own quest just to heal myself. I realized I had 18 horrible habits. And then the opposite was 18 positive, action-oriented, well-being spokes. And I made this wheel. It looks like you in the center. And around it are 18 spokes, six for body, six for mind, and six for spirit. And we're going to talk about one of them today, which is hone your focus. It's part of the mind category, getting control of your mind. But there's some bad habits that I had around focus, which is that I would just let my mind just veer into unhealthy places. And it was impeding my well-being. The good news, just fast forward, I turned it all around. I no longer suffer from any of those diseases. I still have my job. And get this, I honestly thought, Jason, that focusing on my well-being would take down my career. I thought that even if I did everything behind the scenes, my work would suffer. I thought because I wasn't working behind the scenes 100%, like I used to, if I actually started to take care of myself and eat better, for some reason, I associated that with not doing well at work. Maybe it's going to take too much time. Maybe I'll, I'll just won't do as well. And the opposite happened. Between 2010, which was my worst health storm, and the end of 2019, i more than five and a half times to my income. Now, five and a half times. When I wrote my book, it was quadruple because it was at the end of 2018 when I had to hand in my manuscript. It came out in October of 2019. But five and a half times more income. I don't have a new partner. I don't have a house husband. I don't have any extra help. I've done absolutely nothing except deal with my well-being behind the scenes. And I have learned that well-being drives success if your listeners take away anything, I didn't know that. I thought well-being would ruin my success. Actually, well-being drives success. It promotes success. And that's why I've been so obsessed with this topic. I'm just thrilled I found out before I died.
0: (laughs) And you know what? I've seen this in my own life as well. Like I've noticed how I actually started prioritizing myself and my well-being. And then suddenly, like, people are acknowledging you. They're noticing, you're like, hey, you're, you're coming with better attitude. You're looking fit. You seem to be calm. You seem to be grounded. And it happened to me in every interactions I would have. And now I've actually started seeing more opportunities come to me. And it seems like people know that you've got yourself together and they trust you to take on more responsibilities. And What I was going to ask you is we're talking here about an idea of focus and coming into the episode, I was even thinking like, wow, are we going to talk about how to only focus on your work and let everything else fall? When in the concept, you're speaking about a wheel that has a bunch of spokes that keep everything together. So how did you reconcile this idea of going into something for focus versus keeping a balance of your own health all in check?
1: When I thought about well-being, Jason, back when I didn't know much about well-being, the first thing I thought of to do is to eat better, sleep better, and exercise. That's like the main three things if I ask people in the workforce, hey, if you're going to go into well-being in the new year or at any point, what would be the first things that you'd tackle? And most people think of those things. But what I realized in my journey, if I had been healed by those three things, Jason, I would have stopped. To be honest with you, I would have just called it a day and said, okay, I'm all better. I'm exercising. I'm eating better and sleeping better. I'm done. But I didn't heal. I didn't heal from those three things. I got better, but I still had all three diseases. I still was suffering. I still was in pain. And so I had to kind of really be honest with myself. Okay, maybe I need to do some mind practices. Maybe my bad habits in my mind or maybe my bad habits around my spirit, those kind of areas need attention Maybe there's something I need to know here. I had a spiritual teacher once that told me, if something is happening in your life, like an illness, maybe there's something you need to know before it goes away. And I thought, okay, so I'm going to just listen, be open. And one of the things that did come to me is that you need to hone your focus, Megan. You're all over the place.
0: (laughs) As you're honing in this focus, what I loved about it is that it wasn't actually what I was expecting. You're talking about how even our thoughts, we're talking about the mind here. It's our thoughts automatically usually go towards negative thoughts, which really draw in those aspects. But it goes way beyond any concept. I mean, it includes concepts from the law of attraction, but in your case, you're going even beyond it. Can you tell us more about it?
1: Yes. So what I realized I was doing is that in any point in time in my day when I was alone, which wasn't very often, I'm a parent, I'm going to work, but let's say I'm in the shower, let's say I'm driving to work. What I would find is that when given a moment of space, I wasn't focused. I would just let my mind kind of roam around, kind of give it free reign. But what it would do is it would veer to negative things. I would think things like, what if I need a kidney transplant someday? What if my kidneys never get better? What if I still have cancer cells floating around? I mean, it was so negative. And even though I was driving in this gorgeous scene, these rolling green hills in California. I would be driving to work. I mean, it is stunning. Even though there's traffic, it is just breathtaking. I would arrive to work stressed out. And I just thought, that's just me. That's just me. I'm a worrier. Well, those type of things are so detrimental, and maybe some you and your listeners can relate. What do you think about when you just let your mind wander? Does it go towards that amazing vacation you had? Does it go towards that phenomenal win you had yesterday at work? Does it go towards your greatest dream for the new year? Does it go towards what you want to achieve or the new travel you've planned? A lot of times, if we're honest, (laughs) it's going towards something dark. (laughs) We got to stop that.
0: I can even think of my own life. When I started doing kind of the list of my fears, and one of the things I realized is I often have this fear where I feel like I'm not doing enough in the workplace. I feel like I should be producing more. And what I end up doing is I'm like mindlessly always doing a bunch of little tasks that actually don't make a big impact, but it keeps me busy. And then I'm all over the place, And it's almost like, okay, I feel productive. So even when you speak about what do you think about in those moments when you're not doing anything, it's almost like because I had that fear of like, I don't feel like I'm producing enough that I actually filled my entire time. So I don't have any times where I'm not, thinking, I'm always doing, and now I never have a space to kind of see, like, where does this all fit together? What should I be prioritizing? And so is this an example? It feels very unfocused to me.
1: What's so interesting is so many of us in the workforce, we love our lists, and that's what it sounds like. If you have a list, Jason, of 20 things, and you get through all those 20 things, no matter how minute they are, I used to put things, it was so funny, I was doing a radio show the other day, and the host said, I got up, I checked it off my list. i <laughs> I mean, some of us have like the most minute things on our list. And I don't know about you, but I mean, I have lists everywhere. It could be minute. I need to make a medical appointment or something. And I'm like, check, I did it, yes. But what you're saying is that if your focus is on the small things and your focus is on that great feeling you're going to have when you actually check that off, and I hear you say it, you're almost missing the big picture. You're almost missing like the giant strategy behind Jason's path in his career. And what I think that we're saying is that's kind of a scattered focus where you have 15 things to do today, but where we could really heal or we could actually help our well-being is to say, okay, my focus today is to have joy while I deliver what? So, one of my major focuses is to deliver inspiration. So if I'm thinking it doesn't matter where our conversation goes today, Jason, as long as for the listener, I provide inspiration, then I'm not worried about a checklist. You know, did we get to this point or that point? We don't even have a checklist, as you know. But I love that where we would kind of take a step back and say, what am I focused on? Is it the big picture? Or is it a bunch of small menial tasks that don't really pull me forward on my dream.
0: Mm. And so as you're making this list, like, is it good to do a dump of all the things that you're thinking you need to do and then kind of evaluate them and prioritize? I think them that's based a great on- idea. Mm. Because oftentimes I would see that I'm doing all these tasks, but because I haven't taken the step back to, look at what the strategy is. It's almost like I don't even have a North Star on how to rank them. And so in the process of focus, is this time alone with your thoughts really where you start seeing the strategy in your personal life emerge?
1: I think that's great. Also, a little trap that I should mention is that a lot of times we want to check off the thing that's easiest to do. And usually on that list, we do the thing that's easiest because then we get to make the checkbox. And if there's more checks on that list, then we'll feel better. But what I'm hearing you say and what I think is completely true is a question i've been asking myself lately okay i have this list of things i want to get done today i did do my brain dump i think that's an excellent idea because that gets you know our thoughts on paper there's nothing wrong with a brainstorm put down everything you can possibly think of that you need to do but i think to myself what would make the most impact today Where if I had that done, that not only would push me forward as a well-known keynote speaker in the well-being and success space, like this podcast is a huge priority for me today because I know the level of impact, the amount of people that listen to it, your reputation, Jason. So before... I got here. I didn't do anything like the half an hour before. I prepared for this. I sat here. I sat with my thoughts. I made my cup of tea. Just get grounded because this is very important to me. It's not as important as me you know, finishing five more things on that checklist I have. I'll have that checklist for the rest of today. What's the most important, most impactful thing we can do?
0: I love that. So once you actually have that space, you take the time and you realize what is the things that makes an impact, I would assume for a lot of people listening is also what you're looking to achieve here. Because understanding that when you make more impact, you can take on more responsibilities, you're moving the needle more, and that usually leads to better positions, better growth in your company, whichever position that you're in, then you can start seeing like, what is that one thing, like really get into that focus. And I know in my life, what I realize is even outside of Mind Valley, building my own personal brand, I realized like, hey, I could be doing a bunch of the little tasks that I was working on until I realized, hey, the biggest thing to move the needles is doing this podcast, is writing a book. And then I started feeling very comfortable and empowered to say, hey, I understand the value that this is gonna generate for the company. So the things that even I didn't like doing, I was bad at it, but I felt so good that I could do it and it was small tasks and I could have it being done in a small, repetitive way. It gave me that dopamine rush of checking it off but now I was actually holding the company back because for one, this podcast wasn't being launched. Me writing the book wasn't going to support Mindvalley as well. And these little tasks I know could be handled by someone who might have a lot more interest in passion, which was a very marketing related type of task that I needed to do. That now I've actually held the company back because I wasn't honest with myself on where did I want to strategically put my efforts.
1: A lot of us are control freaks. Like we figure, you know what? I have all these little things and I can do them well. I know I can check them off today. And that's like the hardest thing for me. But really, and a lot of people who are listening are moving to a much higher level, aren't we? anybody who's listening to this wants to improve themselves. They're high level. They're organized. They are smart. And stepping into that, like, what is the higher level thing for me to be doing here? Often it's the thing that requires more effort, more intense focus, more commitment, more time. So it's maybe not the easiest thing on the checklist, but it's the thing that produces the greatest amount of well-being. Ironically,
0: yeah. And uh, you know what? Does this actually go counterculture to what we're hearing around this whole like hustle mentality? Because I feel like when I started drinking a lot of the hustle Kool-Aid, then I got really scattered. I was like, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should be doing LinkedIn. Maybe I should doing Instagram. Maybe I should be doing this, this, that, that, that. And then I started getting really obsessed on doing a lot of little different things. And instead, what you're saying is that if you're going to have the kind of hustle it has to go to one thing. It has to have some sort of focus here.
1: You know, I actually contributed to an article for Fast Company right at the end of 2019 about the idea, can you be proactive and mindful at the same time? And my big point in that article when I helped Stephanie write it was mindfulness at work is not you coming in with your slippers and meditating at your desk. It's actually, <laughs> it's you coming into work and saying, you know what, the most important thing for me to do is this project. It's going to help the company. It's going to help me. It's going to help my self-esteem. It's going to help my well-being. It's right in alignment with what I want to be in my life. And I'm going to give it everything I have for an hour. I think that's fantastic. It's intensity. Let's give it everything we've got. Give it our best so that at the end of that hour, it would be like running a marathon and going across the finish line to be like, I am so proud of myself I'm hardly proud of myself at all for making a small check that I, you know, made a doctor's appointment or all these low-hanging fruit on my list. That doesn't make my esteem rise. That doesn't make me feel better about myself, really, like if we're honest.
0: Yeah, it's true. And you know what I've realized is when I started bundling those little things, I realized like, hey, how could I package this? What if instead of doing those little tasks that I know I do repetitively, what if I had the one task that would make that task disappear? what I did in the process, I hired a virtual assistant. So did I. There you go. So a little side note for everybody listening, getting a virtual assistant is a highly effective way of being a superhuman.
1: (laughs) I could not agree more. And if you're a control freak, you can hand over some of those things and you'll be surprised. Wow, I didn't need to order my holiday photo. Nick did it. Nick's amazing.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to give a a nudge to Christina as well. (laughs) When you're talking about this focus, like it seems to take effort and some level of motivation to do that hour of focus on that one biggest task at hand. It seems like it's an easy distraction Or it's an easy kind of, again, that dopamine rush to just like, okay, I need to do this big task. And then you have to spend that hour doing it. What are the things you can stack to get you more motivated to really run that marathon and not get like, oh, there's a juice stand on the way. I'm going to stop here. And then you find yourself maybe not delivering the work in the best capacity that you could, as opposed to if you would have honed in that focus.
1: I think preparing yourself in advance. So if you are going to have an intense focus to get something done that is meaningful to you, that you think has multiple benefits, it's a highly leveraged task, in other words, I think that setting yourself up for success is ideal. So I know it sounds crazy, but like when I was writing my book, I lit a candle I said a prayer. I mean, everybody's got a different thing, but I just kind of set the stage. I made sure I had my hot tea. I made sure I had a space that was clear. I sat there. I got grounded. I gave myself like, I'm not a very good meditator, but I gave myself like a minute to just go, please universe. Let me think clearly. I'm giving this an hour. I'm going to give it everything I have. I sort of create a little ceremony around it. Now, I know at work, we can't light candles and things like that. At my job, they'd be like, that's a fire hazard. But there's nothing wrong with me shutting my door, clearing my desk, putting only the project in front of me and saying, you know, I am going to focus in this hour. Oh, and then I don't know about you, but I like totally need rewards. I'm so immature. So I have to say, okay, I'm going to be here for one hour and then I'm going to go get a tall pike at Starbucks after I finish my hour. That's my reward. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to go walk outside. I'm going to go get it and I'm going to come back. And that worked a lot for me. I actually used the tall pike at Starbucks all throughout my writing just because it gave me some fresh air. And it was something to look forward to. So do you think that would help you if you were focusing and you know set up the stage and then give yourself a reward?
0: You know what? A lot of it would help. And I think most what I pick up from this as much is the act of doing those tasks at the beginning actually sets you up to be present for the task you're about to do. And I feel like a lot of times when I look at something, okay, I've put it in my calendar. This hour is going to be book writing. And then I come in, if I don't do a ritual of, just having that presence, maybe it's like clearing your desk, like you said. I feel like now that hour, I'm trying to rush through that hour. To get it over with. Right. And then it just makes me come at it with a very different energy. It's not as positive, seems feels more negative. And then the work that I deliver is just not as great. And so it seems like it's an important ritual.
1: People don't associate those well-being practices. So, you know, making sure you're not hungry before you start that hour, you know, having a decent breakfast. But I think all these well-being practices set you up for success. And what we're really after is delivering your best work. And if you deliver your best work, there's a whole cascade of well-being that happens because of that. Not only are you seen as somebody valuable that's contributing at work, but you also have something that is so irreplaceable in the toolbox of well-being, which is pride. And I mean, the kind of pride that washes through your body when someone says, you know, that you did an amazing job to hear those words or to even say those words to yourself. That's another thing that really helps this whole focus thing is, you know, when I'm walking to Starbucks after I've done that hour, I say to myself, you did an amazing job, Megan. You know, no one's noticed it yet. But I mean, when I handed my book in, I could not believe how proud I was of that work. And luckily, other people have seen it as well. But... Just to feel that in your own heart that you are finally delivering, you are finally stepping into your greatness, you are finally the person that you were meant to be is unbelievably helpful for well-being. It's almost like, Jason, like a vitamin. People do these vitamin IVs. You can just do that to yourself with people say, oh, positive affirmations. That's true. You can say things to yourself. When you feel that pride, there's nothing like that.
0: Mm, I love it. And so what I want to wrap this around is the fact that when we talk about this focus, this honing in your focus is really about making that list of the things that you think you need to do, really focusing on the one that moves the needle the most, creating the right environment, making sure that when you get it done, you put in all the efforts, you're present doing it, you're not rushing through it. And there was one more thing I wanted to add just before we, we end this is the fact that sometimes we unconsciously mentally kind of focus on things that could be negative. Like we talked earlier in the episode like, oh, sometimes if your mind wanders, it focuses on negative things. How is that affecting our work? And what are things that we can do so that our mind outside of the specific task stays focused on things that are more constructive as opposed to holding us back? Because I know this was a major element to your healing process.
1: Yeah. And what we were originally speaking about, I was talking about like, you know, when you have some free time, you know, what happens to your mind when you get a moment. And I think that what I found myself doing is veering into negativity. I am a natural worrier. And I think that this is all about awareness. So it's just a simple question for listeners to ask themselves. When you are with your own thoughts, are you a positive person or are you somewhat negative? Like what occupies your thoughts? I was shocked. There were some traumatic moments of my childhood. I kept reliving them and thinking about them or my illnesses because, you know, pain was a constant friend (laughs) that I had. So I was always thinking, God, my hands hurt or my feet hurt. Well, you know, my shoulder's really killing me today. I kind of see myself as this positive person. But when alone with my thoughts, it's an awareness. You know, what we're asking people to do here is think about what do you focus on when you are just left to your own devices? And is there a way that you can, not necessarily make a list, but is there a way you can gently remind yourself, and this is almost like talking to yourself with a lot of self-love, you know, it's saying, honey, it's not necessary to worry about that. It's not necessary to think of doomsday things that might happen. Is it really necessary to think about politics right now that's pretty negative or these disasters? Certainly there's a point in time for that kind of awareness, but I think that it can really harm our well-being If our mind is a runaway train that is constantly veering to the negative. And the result that I found myself is that I would get to work, even though I was driving through these beautiful scenes, you know, I would get to work stressed out. Like I'd walk in grumpy. First thing out of my mouth to my assistants would be something like, ugh, you know, and I'd be negative and order them to do something. And what I found is if I can just in my car say, you know what, there's a lot of bad things happening, but today's a great day. When I get to the office, I'm going to clear my desk. I started to envision it and just being present with what I was seeing. Like, oh, look at that gorgeous green hill. Like I started noticing things, Jason, I hadn't seen before. I see those things every day. It's like I never even saw it. All those years, it was like it never even was there. I was like, oh, wow, there's a deer on the side of the road. I didn't even notice there's a deer. I started to notice things. I couldn't believe the beauty. It was like seeing everything in black and white. All of a sudden, it was like technicolor And just that change in focus to be more open, I think, is just beautiful and and so good for your well-being. It doesn't help anyone to worry in a negative loop.
0: Mm -hmm. And I love how we close that because really what we're talking about is really taking what you're thinking about. And it's not about just affirmations because... Matter of fact, you are saying those good things, but now you showed up in the workplace very differently. You're speaking to your assistant already, and you're so much more charged than a stressed out version of yourself that's about to go take that task at hand that needs to be done. And so I think it's a beautiful system to apply as well. Megan, thank you so much for spending some time with us, coming back to the Mind Valley audience and sharing your wisdom. For everybody listening, we covered a lot of amazing things here, including the fact that we want to make sure that you're focused. You want to get that focus in place. So one of the powerful systems we talked about is get that list together. If there's a bunch of things you feel that you're doing and you're kind of spinning your wheels around, always chasing that new, not having that space to think strategically, take a moment to make the list of everything that you want to get done then start understanding what is the impact you want to drive once you understand what is the biggest impact you want to drive for your company and for yourself you'll start be able to prioritize these tasks and all the little tasks that kind of feel good when you get them done but don't move the needle that much a lot of times they'll disappear you'll realize they don't even need to be done or you'll be able to think of a way of creating a task that will make them eliminate it we've hinted towards getting a virtual assistant but sometimes it's technology and sometimes it's different processes to make them scheduled at a time that where you will have the focus to get them all done and not just do them mindlessly focus on the biggest task. When you do that, it feels good. There's a pride that comes about you that make you more productive and gets your wheel going into more and more productive ways. And I love how we close this off talking about this very powerful idea, which is what you focus on mentally can really steer the way your day proceeds. Are you stressed out? Are you always thinking negatively? Be gentle with yourself, have self love, and definitely take a moment to say, hey, if it is negative, is this serving you? Are there different things you could focus on? And when you focus on the more positive things you will show up differently you'll see that it starts the momentum to get those tasks done to make the needle move forward to make that impact be bigger and truly step into the superhuman that you are and of course This is simply one of the 18 spokes within Reinvent Your Wheel, How Top Leaders Leverage Well-Being, the amazing book that was nominated by Forbes as one of the top books for 2019. And Megan McNeely, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your insights with the audience.
1: Thank you so much, Jason. It was a pleasure.
0: Hey everybody, thanks for listening in to this amazing interview with Megan McNeely. Be sure to check out her book, Reinvent the Wheel, How Top Leaders Leverage Well-Being for Success. It's amazing and it'll go through all the 18 spokes that you can decide which one you can apply, put them all into balance, and then focus on getting them done. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate us on iTunes and leave us a comment on this particular episode. Reference Megan McNeely and tell us what tools you're going to be applying from the insights you've had here. And be sure to share with friends who need to learn how to be more focused to get more things done. Thank you for listening. This has been Jason Campbell. And until next time, my name is Jason Campbell, and this is superhumans at work, a mind Valley podcast.